This is the Going in Circles podcast, hosted by Horseman Chuck Simon. To become a sponsor, to suggest topics, or for questions, email goingincirclespodcast at gmail.com. And log on to our Facebook page, Going in Circles Podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Simon. Why in the past decade has BRL Equine become the premier equine supplement company in the industry? Because we spend millions in research and development before we ever put out a product. Because we use only FDA-supervised facilities to manufacture for us. Because what we say is in them is in them. Because they work. Because if you're not happy, I'll give you your money back. And because top trainers and veterinarians in thoroughbred racing, standard bread racing, three-day eventing, and barrel racing all trust in BRL Equine. Shouldn't you? To find out more how Flexify HA, Unlock, Bleeder Shield, and EPO Equine can help you, contact me, Joseph Volante, 215-501-6880. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Going in Circles Live. It's uh, the most screwed up Preakness week ever. We're going to have Frank Vespi uh, from the Racing Biz, who is at the draw for the um, the Preakness, which is supposed to be starting right about now when we're starting taping. Um, he's going to be here maybe 30 minutes in um, to kind of give us an update on, on any new breaking news that, that's happened uh, in the last few minutes since it, it seems like uh, we're getting new news. Virtually uh, on an hourly basis uh, over this entire, you know, screwed up uh, issue of, of the Kentucky Derby winner getting a positive test. And uh, before we have Frank on, and I've, I've spoken about this twice already. I had a podcast on Sunday, kind of when this all broke, stating what um, what my feelings were at that point. Uh, I was on with Barry last night, the the Big Monday show. Um, we spent a lot of time on it. Um, we also talked about Grant's Pass. If you don't know what Grant's Pass is, look at your ADW. It's a track in Oregon. It's small. The great Jason Beam is uh, is the announcer there, and among other things. And um, you know, in a a, a <laughs> A time frame where it seems like uh, it's disgusting to to have to listen to some of the really rich people in this business whine and cry and bitch and moan. Uh, those people up there, they they're doing it for the love of the game, that's for sure. So take a look if if you feel like you're inclined to make a wager, give them a shot. Your your, your dollar will matter there. Uh, it, it'll matter. Uh, I think think last year. Or maybe 2019, I wasn't sure uh, exactly when, but uh, they did 173,000 or thereabouts on opening night. Last night, uh, they did 400 and something. So the money will be, uh, your, your dollar will be much more appreciated there at a place like Grants Pass, where the people are, are really doing it for the love of the game. And that's something that, uh, you know, the love of the game has been, has been batted about here the last few days. And uh, a lot of people... Namely, the person with uh, uh, responsible for this mess has, has made that proclamation a few times, but he doesn't seem to actually give a shit because, uh, you know, nothing he's done 
has has been for the game. It's been for for him himself. It's uh, about him, and uh, probably always has been. And that's it. That's fine. You know, that's fine. And the fact is that there's a lot of, uh, as most issues, probably on on most things in life, there's a lot of bad takes out there. There's a lot of extremes. There's a lot of people uh, going from one extreme to the other. Uh, he should be banned for life, which is is, is stupid. Um, uh, the, the, he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, he's uh, f- being framed, which is you know stupid. Um, today, of course, we had the 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 more plausible uh, excuse, so to say, or, or, or reason that this horse may have come up with uh, twenty one picograms of uh, beta methadone in his system in his test uh that it was uh it was <laughs> in an ointment that they've been using on the horse for roughly a month uh apparently the uh the the boogeyman that, that was after him and trying to get him in trouble uh was actually you know his groom um and the funny thing is this is that it is stupid that this is a positive test it's it's stupid it's it's not like this is not helping this is not keeping racing uh fair or safe it's not and i don't want to hear some some person who's going to tell me oh well you know they they might have been doing this and they might have been it doesn't matter i don't want to hear about that that if you have a, a conspiracy theory that actually has some validity to it I will I will be back you 100%. But just making stuff up because it sounds good. No. But um if you've cheerleaded any of the rule changes that have been made, not any of them, but a lot of them have been made and you cheerlead um oh we have to get tougher and oh we need to have the levels lower and oh blah 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 blah. You're you're part of the problem too. What we've done is We've set up a terrible system. It's confusing. It doesn't make any sense in a lot of ways. There's no research done. There's no money put into research to to try to find out at what level uh, of these various medications can the substance actually have an effect. None. There's no research into that. If there's any research, it's, it's minuscule. You know why? Because the people don't who run the sport, they don't care. They're not trainers. Listen, there's a, there, there's about eh, 20, 25 trainers that have a, way too much power. Way too much power. But they don't run the sport. They kinda, it, it, it seems like it is when they make demands and they get uh, short fields written for them and, and, and they get weighted lower than they should. All, all the things that um, you know cause issues on a day-to-day basis in, in a racing program. But they don't run racing from the standpoint of the regulatory uh, aspect, as seen in this case pretty pretty clearly. But we never we never hear people saying we want the best rules. We want good rules. It's always harsh. We want stricter penalties. We want this. We want that. And it's been a mistake for twenty years. Twenty years ago, I sat in a meeting where. Uh, the proposed rule changes at that time. And remember, 20 years ago in Kentucky, you could literally give a horse 17 shots of various substances within 24 hours, including six or seven the day of the race, including giving banamine. 
four hours out legally. Milkshaking horses, legally. It was legal. It was legal. And the same people who are in charge of the regulatory process and, and the same people who are the leadership of this business were in charge then. And I remember they, they, they were making changes. And, and most reasonable trainers and horsemen agreed that it was too much. It was way too much. But the first thing when they came in and proposed um, how they were going to, to change it was the penalty phase. And, and I, I remember putting my hand up and saying, could you ask, please explain to me why we're starting with the penalty phase? Wouldn't the penalty phase be the final part of uh, changing or revamping your rules? Why is it the first part? Because it's a political process, Chuck. Because we need support by, by we're going to get them. We're going to get these guys. We're going to get these guys. And You know, you've seen how great it's worked. Who, 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 who's been gotten by the rules? Nobody. Nobody. But that's the thing. That's the mentality. It's always been the mentality. Let's make everything more strict. But that doesn't make things better, does it? No. Does it? No. It doesn't. It doesn't. Because then you get picograms of, for, for violations. Picograms. No one cares about trainers. No, I'm not even saying they should. <laughs> you know, everybody's out for themselves in most aspects of, uh, of society, including horse racing. I mean, the jockeys are out for the jockeys, and the breeders are out for the breeders, and the racetracks are out for the racetracks, and the owners are out for the owners, and the, the trainers are out for the trainers, right? I mean, everybody's kind of for themselves. But the fact of the matter is that it hurts racing when we get positive tests. It hurts racing badly when we get positive tests in races like this. And believe me, I am not letting Bob Baffert off the hook for this. His staff, him, I know that he's not a day-to-day guy that's checking legs and, 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 and saying, okay, use this medication, use that poultice. We know that. But this is not, uh, this is the Kentucky Derby. This isn't some 10 claimer that, hey, things slip through the cracks. Everybody knows you can't give those kind of uh, salves and put them on the horse a day before, two days before. It, it's, it's just laziness. I remember when they, they came out with um, a warning that uh, capsaicin, which is a naturally occurring substance, was was testing positive uh, for some of the, for, for some so for one of the salves that we use. I remember hearing that um, the red pepper, the cayenne pepper, <laughs> you would put on a horse's bandage, but some horses they don't want the bandages on; they chew them off, and you know they, sometimes they need the bandages on to protect their legs, and they they may be itch or they don't like them, and, and they they bite them off. So we would put red pepper on them to kind of discourage them. You're telling me that, that, that you can get a positive test from red pepper. Everybody knows the sensitivity that, that exists these days. That's why you have to be extra careful. And if you're not careful, if the Kentucky Derby is not a race that's big enough to make it where you would question every single thing, that every single substance that got near that horse, then what is? What is? The devastating effects of this 
are, are going to be felt for years. And it's not gonna it's not like fifteen people are gonna show up for the preakness. Hell because uh everybody knows that uh you know uh, in, in our society bad stories get way more press than good stories. They might even have better ratings because of this. That doesn't mean it's not a big deal. It's sure it's a big deal. Because you've 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 taken something away from us. Something away from the sport, from every single person that works in the sport in any way. You you've you've made it where the thought process that that's always been out there about racing kind of not being on the up and up. If the Kentucky Derby is not safe, why would anybody believe any other race is safe? Why? Why would they? Why would they? And the way that, 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 that this entire process played out, um, Churchill Downs doesn't really, you know, they shouldn't get a lot of blame here. They didn't release the results. The results come from the Kentucky Racing uh, Authority, and I have it on good authority where the leak came from, and I'm not going to say because I don't want to get sued, but it wasn't anyone from Churchill Downs. And, uh, and it doesn't even really matter because this isn't something that was going to be able to be covered up. There was going to have to be some transparency. There's no way it's possible that every single person involved would have never said a word about this. It's the Kentucky Derby. And it's a huge story. It's the biggest story out there today. There's not much going on in the world, unfortunately. Well, I mean, fortunately, but unfortunately for for us, you know, Baffert's media tour yesterday was, was a debacle. Look at the mainstream coverage of that. Look at the, the comments he did himself no favors, and I understand why he's doing it. And the fact of the matter was he probably has been guided by a crisis management team, a PR team that he's used in the past, which is smart of him, even though it seemingly backfired. And where was racing? Where was the industry of racing? Where was racing? Uh, where, was, where was all the big uh, alphabet organizations that, that talk the talk all the time, but they don't walk the walk? Why didn't they have some sort of uh, PR point person to go on shows, to go to the media, to contact them, and, and try to explain exactly what's going on? Not that there's some boogeyman trying to get Bob Baffert, which is what was literally... Uh, out in the press and then then we got the next one the 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 pee on the straw and we all know about the there's elements of truth and there's elements of truth every story but like we look like clowns worse than usual worse than usual that's hard to do in a sport that's basically run by clowns i mean it's clownish I, i can't think of any other word I can't think of any other word. All the positives that we try to say we've 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 had going in the last few months. Where are they now? In the in the in the garbage. And we have all our regular internal problems, the whip rule, which you know, we talked about ad nauseum Lasix, which I've just grown so weary of talking about. Um you know the 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 disqualifications and and how poorly that's done. And, I mean, there's a million topics. The one thing's for sure: 
if you're a, a podcaster, a media person in horse racing, man, this has been like, you don't have to work real hard to try to find a story. I mean, coming into this week out, outside of, uh, uh, you know, the Preakness, the biggest story was, uh, to me, was how the hell is it there's 150 people vote for the Hall of Fame? How are there 150 qualified people in this business to vote for the Hall of Fame? I know about 12. But that's like a trivial, nonsensical thing. It doesn't even It's not even a big deal. The fact that, that the state of Florida is getting to ready to sign a, a contract that basically cripples the industry in the state of Florida, that, that horse racing in the second biggest uh, state handle-wise is, is basically getting, uh, you know, kneecapped, is, uh, it's not even a story. I did. I did a pod, two podcasts on on this incident, and I got about five thousand more hits on it than than that story, um, which I guess you know, blood sells, right? And it and the sad thing is that uh, I, I saw some some guys talking about. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about betters not betting, gambling uh, on something else, not betting on horse racing, uh, boycotting the Preakness. And, hey, guess what? I'm with you. I, I, I get it. I don't know that I'm, I'm going to make a bet. I, Barry and I and Jason, we're going to have a preview show on Thursday, but we're not having it because we just don't, you know, we don't feel it. I, I just don't. I just don't. Um, that doesn't mean that... Uh, you know, I might get Jones in the to to watch the races, and usually if I put the races on, I'll find something to bet. But I bet Grant's pass last night, and, and I confess I did bet a race at Yonkers, and I did win. And yeah, Swifty, I think you're right about the seventh race. But hey, um, I, I get that. But there was some talk about how the other participants in the Preakness should not run, should scratch. And I don't agree. I don't agree at all because I don't think those people um, should be the ones that are forced to sacrifice anything. And we talk about sacrifice in this business a lot, and, and it's it, it, it's it really falls on deaf ears because in order to sacrifice, you have to have something to give up. So many people in this business don't have much. They don't have much. They're they're holding on. You watch the Derby card and the undercard and, you know, there's about 10, 12 names, the same guys, the same owners, the same trainers. And they're successful people. And I'm not saying that um, they're a problem, but it's not their fault. They're just playing by the rules that, that are out here. But to think that a sport can be healthy with... 75% of its participants barely holding on. You just run out of people to run against. You see five horse fields all over, even at the smaller tracks today, the finger lakes. And I know the finger lakes just started and, um, you know, they didn't run at all last year. So, so there's a million excuses and there's always excuses. There's always excuses. I think they started off today with a couple three horse fields. Belmont had three greatest stakes in the dirt on Saturday, and they had five horse fields. Um, I don't think there's very many horses in the Black Eyed Susan. Uh, 
I, I just, um, I just don't know like where, where we're going. And when the structural issues are ignored and they're not fun to talk about, they're not regulatory issues are not fun. They're just not. When we talk about, uh, if we have, if we have a poll of top three year olds or, or derby prospects or there's something like that, I get a, I get a ton of, of of feedback and emails and and texts and stuff. When we talk about regulatory issues. The only people that ever text are, are, are usually trainers or an owner, somebody somebody usually that's been burned by the system. But nothing's going to change from this. Nothing. At least nothing tangible. Yeah, Spendthrift pulled some horses from Baffert. Yeah, big deal. Big deal. You know, you know the the Dunkin' Donuts. They have the Dunkin' hole, uh, the the donut holes, and and you can get the big one. And there's like like sixty donut holes in there. Spendthrift taking those horses is like taking one donut hole. Not a big deal. And you know, hey, listen, I commend them. Uh, I, I, they're taking a stand of some of sorts, and don't see anybody else doing that. But um, anyone who thinks that uh, that his barn's not going to be full of high dollar talented horses is is kidding themselves. There's no retribution. There's no penalty for people like that, and. That's one of the problems and in, in when the too big to fail comes in and, and it, it exists in this sport. And the fact of the matter is if the top 10 trainers all decided to defect to uh, Antarctica and, and, and study penguins, the game would be far better off. Nothing against anybody personally. It's just math. <laughs> it gets to be just math. There's only so many good horses out there. And if they're all in the same hands, well, what difference does it make? What difference does it make? The competitive nature of the game is eliminated when there's no competition. The only competition we see these days is in races like the Breeders' Cup races and and the Triple Crown races because those are the only races that don't seem to be preps that 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 aren't uh, massaged uh, the, these these carefully manicured schedules. But are we really going to change anything? I mean, yeah, we probably shed a bunch of people uh, considering. Getting involved in horse racing, we probably, you know, a lot of people might have been on the fence about betting, might might have jumped the other way. I'm sure that very few jumped jumped over the fence to the, oh, yeah, I really want to get involved because, you know, they're fixing the Kentucky Derby because that's how it's looked at. That's how it's looked at. And that's that's a hard perception to change. The reality of our situations in horse racing so much, so much are not seen by the general public, the vaunted general public. We're always trying to to take care of, oh, we they don't like whips. Well, I can tell you one thing. They sure probably don't like thinking the horse who won the Kentucky Derby was drugged. And if he was given it, this medic, if, if the substance was in, it got into his body through, through the means that it did, it doesn't even matter because they've read the headline and they've probably moved on. And now it's an excuse. And that's the other thing. If the split sample comes back negative... How many people out there are going to roll their eyes and are going to say, <laughs> of course it came back negative. They got to the guy. 
or they can't they can't he's too big to fail or you know they they don't like the bad publicity uh it's all fixed more people than you think are going to think that and the thoughts going to go through people who might not even be uh a conspiracy theorist person but it's going to go through everyone's heads and they're going to they're going to say to themselves yeah really and what they're going to wonder and i can't blame them for that either because the transparency in our sport has always been an issue but never more so than now and now the 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 things that you can see through the the looking glass you don't want to see them you don't want to see them but as for people boycotting the preakness um the people with the racehorses why should they boycott why should they um not boycott but why should they sacrifice because of the the misdeeds of someone else because what good is it really going to do they have a good three-year-old they only get one shot at the preakness you know what? I said go out there and try to beat him. Try to beat him. Lawyers, restraining orders. If you don't let us run, we're going to file suit. <laughs> Come on, man. You think that's going to make you popular is the preakness really worth it for 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 medina spirit why wouldn't you just say you know what i do love the sport and i'm embarrassed at the 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 disarray that i've put it into and because of all my other positives quote unquote not my fault but hey i've made it difficult to be a sympathetic figure i've made it difficult to believe the dog ate my homework uh, quote was used in the mainstream media so many times yesterday. Now we have a, an ointment and, and, and the, the Barry Bonds, the, the, the cream in the clear is, is used. So it doesn't matter what the reality of the situation is. The perception is already uh, out the door. It's gone. It's gone. And at some point, you just have to say, I accept responsibility. This wasn't done intentionally. And I'm sorry. I'm really, truly sorry to all the people in this industry that are going to be hurt by this. Of all the people that rely on this to make a living. To all the people that need, to, need that paycheck to get put gas in their car. America loves, loves a comeback story. But you can't come back if you're, you're not willing to admit that it's your fault. And, and, I mean, yesterday you were on TV saying that it's a systemic problem, but the other, other top trainers don't seem to have that problem, so... How can it be a systemic problem? And that was a direct quote from a, a mainstream media guy who, who who did the research and, and he looked up all the top six or seven trainers in stake races for the last year and a half and none of the other guys have any positives. 
And none of these positives on the face of them are some designer drug or some super hop. Probably didn't even help any of them. <laughs> Doug Salvador pointed out, and it's true, a couple of these horses, I think three or three of them ran their worst race when they got a positive. <laughs> well, <laughs> Gamine got beat the two times she got positives. <laughs> so that's the shame of this. That's the shame is that you know how do how do you put the genie back in the bottle? I just I just don't know. I just don't know. And you know, I'm um I'm sad because I, I really I really feel like for a long time uh, there's been a lot of factors chipping away at the sport, including a lot of the people involved, including a lot of the so-called leadership that, that just disappeared yesterday. wasn't wasn't around yesterday. couldn't wasn't available for comment yesterday. They'll be they'll, don't worry. They'll be available next week. They'll be available next week. The house already burned down, man. But it feels like they're chipping away at us, chipping away at us, chipping away at us. And one thing about COVID was that it showed the resiliency of racing and, and the people in racing and, and the people that, that bet on racing, that we were the one sport that that made it through the entire time. And yes, uh, there was many areas that were shut down for a while, but they came back. They came back because, uh, because Oaklawn and Tampa and Gulfstream and Foner Will Rogers and everybody associated with them kept going. They kept going. They didn't stop. They kept going to work. They didn't hide in their house because that's what we do. We go to work every day in this sport. Some guy was trying to tell me the other day on Facebook about that the, the, these trainers are movie stars. Oh, uh, Todd Pletcher and Bob Baffert and, and Steve Asmussen and, 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 and Chad Brown are movie stars. And I said, movie stars don't get up at 4 o'clock in the morning 364 days a year. They don't work as hard as they do. It's a hard business. It's a hard business. It's always been a hard business. Um, but there's just not that many more strikes to be to be had. The Kentucky Derby, man. We had a horse win the Kentucky Derby and get disqualified two years ago, and his trainer winds up under federal indictment. Then last year, his trainer got a positive the next year. The last three years of the Kentucky Derby are like, you know, we make fun of Churchill down sometimes because their 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 focus seems to be completely hyper-focused on the Derby. But man... Their reaction was swift, and maybe it was uncalled for. I, I, I'm not, I, I can't say either way. I, I can see both sides, and, and I'm a, a due process guy. Everyone says that. Oh, I'm a due process guy. But they made a call right away because the Derby is the goose that lays the golden eggs in Louisville. And even Bob Baffert's not bigger than that. Churchill Downs wasted no time. 
And I'm not going to comment on the Stronach Group's decision to let them run this horse because uh, I could see it both ways. Maybe I would have made a stand. Maybe I would have said, you know what, you can run you can run concert tour, but the Derby winner that got DQ'd, you can't run him. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe they got sued. Maybe we would have had a circus in court. Maybe that's what they want to try to avoid. It's a tough position to be in. I don't envy them. I don't. I really don't. It's it's way more difficult when you bring in the legal part. Of, uh, it's just not as cut and dry. Um, it's just not. And God forbid this horse wins the, the Preakness and is going to the Belmont for a, a triple crown that's going to have 75 asterisks on it. Because it's not going to be a triple crown. Because he's going to get disqualified if that test doesn't come back negative. And if it comes back negative, is anybody really going to believe it? <laughs> you know? Is anybody really going to believe it? I, I don't know. <sighs> it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's where we at. Uh, I think we have Frank. Is Frank out? Is Frank here? Frank. Hey, how are you? Quiet week up there in uh, in Baltimore. Every, yeah, anything no, going on? Absolutely nothing going on. Yeah, no, all, all quiet. We're just uh, just relaxing. Why is something going on? Uh, well, I know they're not training at Laurel, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> oh, and, and what a story that is, honestly. But. Uh, but no, obviously, uh, Preakness and Bob Baffert are the words on everyone's lips right now. Well, I just did about a thirty-minute dissertation on on it. So, uh, what uh, the draw has happened, right? Um, yeah, the draw just uh, ended. You know, ten fifteen minutes ago, Medina Spirit and Concert Tour are the favorite and second favorite. Medina Spirit going to leave from the three hole. Um, concert tour from the 10, uh, field of 10, uh, which is, you know, pretty much what we expected. And they had announced earlier in the day, the Maryland Jockey Club, that uh, they were going to let the Baffert horses run, but he was going to be subject to extensive additional testing, um, including tests that they drew today. Um, so we'll, we'll apparently know the results of the tests that they took today on Friday uh, so, uh, and Baffert has agreed that if uh, any of his test horses uh, test positive or for a prohibited substance or test with an overage of a legal substance, that he will uh, scratch that horse. So this is testing that's going to apply to his two Preakness horses and also Beautiful Gift, who's in the Black Eyed Susan. Yeah, um, I, I read the deal and... I just said, I know the Stronic group is in a very tough position here in that if they deny the entry, which is their legal right to do. Um, you know, it's funny, Frank. I read the, the, uh, the entry, the nomination um, form for the Triple Crown Series. <laughs> Did you know this? That the, the tracks reserve the right to run the race without a starting gate. I was going through it and I noticed that and I was thinking, boy, I wonder who thought like 
<laughs> if that's ever going to be a possibility, like if so, like the starting gate breaks down and the backup starting break gate breaks down, apparently they're still going to run. I guess steeplechase style, but that is in. <laughs> the, How great is that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The track reserves the right to run the race with or without a starting gate. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Um, I but, think we should start advocating. For uh, I'm telling you, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just was it was like when I was looking through it because you know it's a lot of legalese and it's like uh, and I'm like does that say what I think it says yes <laughs> that's fantastic no I had never uh, heard that but yeah uh, wait 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 till they that one <laughs> um <laughs> we're gonna let you run but there's no starting gate this time <laughs> well, well Pete will say it's the starting gates are are, are 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 harmful for horses because you know uh, they should start from a you know standing start like 1925. <laughs> exactly. um, Let's walk them up like sea biscuits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it does say that the you know when you sign this, you're nominating the, the, these races that the the track the um you know the 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 body of that uh, owns the track is has the right to refuse entry for any reason. Um, of course you know legally challenged and all that stuff, but. I get where they don't want to get in a legal fight and have a horse that they don't want to run be get forced upon them, and then the horse runs, and then the horse wins, and then then what do you have? You know, you are, are you just not going to have a winner circle presentation? Um, you, you know, it's like uh, it's just such a a, um, a tricky situation. And, and I was you know talking about this too. And what do we do if this horse wins the Preakness and then he's going to the Belmont? I mean, is this going to be like the split sample triple crown where we don't actually know if the horse won the triple crown and Larry Colmitz can announce as he crosses the wire? And possibly, (laughs) (laughs) depending on the results of the split sample, we might have had the third triple crown winner. I mean... I, it's a, it, I mean, it is an insane situation, Chuck. I, 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 I just can't. Yeah. I mean, you know it too, and I just can't even express how weird it is. And, and you know, talking about the Stronic Group, I, 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 I they were obviously going to end up in court if they tried to deny the entry. And you know, honestly, Baffert was going to have a pretty compelling case, which is a my horse suffers irreparable harm and my owner suffers irreparable harm if you don't let him run, which is true. And B, you know, we don't, it's not yet officially a positive because he's exercised his right to a split. So you're, you're denying entry to a horse that might come back, not positive. And you've never, ever treated a horse like this. You know, I mean, uh, when horses get, positives is typically in Maryland and everywhere. If, if that's under appeal or they're seeking a split sample, the horse is allowed to continue to run. The trainer is allowed to continue to train. So I, you know, I think the case they would make is we're suffering irreparable harm and you're acting in an arbitrary and capricious manner. That might be enough to get you a temporary restraining order, which is all he needs uh, to be allowed to run. Now, I I do think, I I mean, I think with his admission today that maybe we actually put the beta-methasone in the horse system, uh, if if the split comes back positive, I think he's got to be DQ'd. I mean, I I think it's kind of open and shut at that point. If it comes back positive, Frank, he gets DQ'd no matter what. There are no mitigating circumstances allowed. 
I, uh, yeah. You know, no, I, and, and that's the one right. thing that people don't understand. This is not a court of law. The one thing that's completely unfair in horse racing, and there's, well, no one thing. There's a lot of things. <laughs> but one of the things that, that I have, it, it's, it's, it's been, you know, it bothers me because no one ever really cared enough to, to try to change it very much. And that is um, the absolute insurer rule. And I understand why we have to have it. But it, it is definitely a guilty until proven innocent rule, um, and which is why, theoretically, the results of the original positive test are, aren't supposed to be released. But um, it, it's, it's, it's a difficult... It's difficult for people to understand because they watch Law and Order and, and you know they think, well, you know, blah blah blah. It doesn't matter if it was a mistake or if it didn't really have an effect on performance. None, virtually none of these positive tests have a, an effect on performance, and that's one of the issues that I've been arguing about and fighting about for years. I said, why can't we do some research to figure out at what level um, a positive test should actually be a positive test. And, and I know it's complicated in that, like there are some substances that maybe wouldn't be uh quote unquote performance enhancing, but shouldn't be given that close to a race. And, and, uh, but it just seems like everybody just said, well, we have the absolute insurer rule and the trainer's screwed and, you know, he's just got to be careful. Uh, and in this case, it just seems like they weren't careful. And it, it's honestly, um, uh, we all know as trainers that there are certain substances that can get you a positive test um, that really, you know, aren't 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 even drugs. Really, uh, you know, you got to be what you got to be careful of using uh, uh, pepper on your red pepper on your bandages because. Uh, the capsaicin can can be can can trigger a positive test. Um, you know, there's, it's it's just a tricky thing. But this is something you know, Automax is not available at, at Kmart's. You know, this is dispensed by a veterinarian. As such, has and it's also not cheap. Has drugs. It's not cheap. Uh, I, I've used it, but not too much because it's <laughs> that and uh, there was you know what we used before that was uh, something called Panalog. Uh, which was another, you know, similar vein, which is ex- extremely expensive. I mean, these these medications are very, very expensive. But, um, you know, th- they've got to know, especially with a race like the Kentucky Derby. Uh, and I think sometimes what happens, and people are saying, well, how could he have not failed the, the out-of-competition testing? Well, we don't know what they test for in the out-of-competition testing because that's the whole point of out-of-competition testing is not telling people what you're going to test for. I think you've actually raised a really, really important point here that is not um, as widely understood as maybe it should be, which is that, look, these tests are, A, they're they're designed by humans, so they're imperfect, but B, they don't test for everything because you can't test for everything. And so in any test, you know, a graded stakes level testing is better than normal testing in the sense that they test for more things. They don't test for everything because you can't. How could you, you know? And anybody who follows, um, you know, any particular state racing circuit will see this. You'll see no horse will get a beta-methacillin for months, and then three of them will get it in two weeks. Why is that? It's because they 
the you know beta methasone became one of the things they were testing for this month. And you know I was talking to a vet about this exact issue, and and so it is uh, it is entirely plausible. I mean, not everything that uh, um, Bob Baffert has said here is plausible in my view, but it is entirely plausible that he could have come up clean in a pre-race and then ended up with a positive in the post-race. There's a lot of factors, and I'm sure it's uh, it's not going to be easy to get a chemist to come on and talk about it, but um, I've, I've, I've heard different... Um, it's hard for for lay people, for people like us, to listen to um, presentations by chemists and people like that because we just don't get like like we get lost real quick, you know. But there's so many different factors um, that I read one time at at a conference. One of the chemists from one of the big labs was talking, and, and he said some of the differences um, in samples can be uh, the time of the day. Um, the the weather the, there's so many uh, you know factors that uh, if it's a a really super humid day um, that the horse might be a little dehydrated which would would you know change the the sample at least in the urine and and, and stuff like and again I'm not an expert in this but this is just what I've heard and you know there, there might be times when they're taking the out of competition testing at different times of the day and 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 I don't I don't know that anyone's ever come up positive or not I mean the only one I can remember was uh, kind of famously was the Ron Ellis uh, situation at the Breeders' Cup when his horse came up positive for steroids at a very, very, very low level, and they rolled the dice that it would be out of the horse's system, uh, and it wasn't. <laughs> and they ran the horse, and uh, it tested positive again. So, um, like you said, though, there, there's thousands of different drugs out there, and... And how many tests can you do? And and I think the other thing, Frank, is that people don't realize that, uh, again, and and this may not be exactly 100% correct, but you have to do screens for for certain medications. It's not like there's this big machine and they just pour the sample in and it it spits out, uh, oh, this is negative for this, positive for that, negative for this. You know, they're doing specific tests for specific drugs. And um, some of the states, especially the ones that aren't putting a lot of money into it. Um, they, they test for a shockingly low number of, of things. I, I was always uh, astonished that, uh, um, Lasix was one of the, the tests that was always run. And I said, once we had third party vets giving the Lasix, why are we testing for Lasix? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't see, it seems, you know, the, the, the answer was, and eh, it's a cheap test. We've always done it this way. Yeah. It's cheap. So, we'll so cheap right. And it's like, well, why are we testing for LASIK? That doesn't make any sense. Like, uh, you know? Yeah, um, no, I mean, as you know, so many things in this game don't make sense. But if you understand that maybe 50 years ago they did make sense, then that's why we're still doing it. No, and, and like the business, the racing game, the, the industry has done such a poor job of explaining these things. I mean, yesterday, and this still—it just pisses me off that after the Santa Anita debacle, all right, the disaster, why, why didn't the leadership of this sport get together and hire a PR firm to handle 
crises and 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 emergencies and and you know things that that happen like this so that we have a point person that can go to the media so that the point person for the industry isn't the guy who's accused of doing something wrong i said I couldn't agree with you more i i actually wrote about this on the racingbiz.com is you need to i mean what the industry should do is you know, create first what you're saying, like have a PR firm and create a crisis response protocol so that you immediately do X, Y, Z. And you can immediately say then to the press, so we've taken these steps immediately. Now here's what comes next. Like we've already thought about it all. We know what to do. This is how we approach a crisis. And instead, it's just like let's throw up our hands. This is something new, and and we don't know how to respond. And, and every single time, it's how we do it. And it it just it makes you crazy because you, how do you explain this to people? You can't. It, it's just inexplicable. But the industry has done, as you said, a very very poor job of crisis management, and it's done it over and over. It's uh, and at some point you have to say it's just baked in the pie. This is how it does things. <sighs> I just hate when they go to these conferences and they have these meetings and they all get up there like they're all smart. If they're so smart, then why why are things so screwed up? <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, people say, oh, we need, you know, we need a, a, a commissioner. And I, I, I mean, I, I understand the, the impulse, but I, at some point, too, you also look and say, well, who do you think is doing it well that you want in charge? Exactly. Which is the state or which is the company that you say those guys do it just right? Exactly. I, I, exactly. I can't point to them. I've said this. I said, you know, I said, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'll play the game. A commissioner is never going to happen. Okay. Ever. Can't happen. And I'm not going to go through the reasons why it can't happen, but it can't happen. It's impossible. Uh, secondly, who do you think this industry would hire to be the commissioner? Some jerk. <laughs> they would hire some guy that they didn't want to run their own business. Right. Somebody that we can browbeat. Oh, believe me. It'd be a guy in a anyway. suit, and, 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 and it would be, you know, he'd, he'd probably, um, you know, his cousin is so-and-so and this guy, and, and you know, <laughs> and he's going to give us all the same standard lines and, Geez, you know, we really got to get new people in the business. And blah, 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 blah. I mean, come on. This sport needs a revolution, man. <laughs> we, we don't no, need. We don't you're need. You're not wrong. I mean, we've we've been doing this series of things on, um, you know, diversity and inclusion in racing, and everyone in racing said, "We got to get new people." Oh boy, do we need new people? Holy smokes, we need new people. What are they doing to reach out to new audiences? And I don't just mean younger people. I mean, what are they doing? What is the industry doing to say, like, Asian Americans, blacks, you know, Hispanics? Like, you you guys should be involved. This game has things for you. What are they doing? Nothing. I mean, you know, and and uh, if the industry, uh, I mean, and you know this, Chuck, better than I do. I mean, this industry should be behaving like its hair is on fire because, uh, handle is down 50% in 15 years. Fall crop size is down 50% in 15 years. I mean, these trends are disastrous. They portend the end of the industry. Everyone should be running around like crazy people trying every possible new thing. Do you see that? No, no. We're told the Fox Sports show is going to save us. Yeah, yeah. No, right. no offense to the people on the show. It's not your fault, but you're not saving anybody. 
you know, we have we have yeah. five horse graded stakes all over the place now. Yep. California. The they ran in New York. Ca- California are down to uh, four. Yeah, I mean those a couple of those races were really really bad. It's I mean, not just short fields. And why did that card even exist? I mean, it's... honestly, you had you had uh, the card at, at Churchill the week before. You got the Pimlico card the week after. Why does that card even exist like that? Because pe- because Frank because uh, everything is is done um, in in a in a there's like thirty eight little vacuums. Yep. Each state's yep. got their little vacuum. And, oh, yeah, we all want to help racing, but no one's ever willing to help racing. And it's like sacrifice. Who the hell's sacrificing? The people that sa- need to sacrifice are the people that have. Have not <laughs> can't sacrifice. They don't have anything to sacrifice. And, and it's it, the damn it truth, and, and this, I, I don't care if people like it or not. The fact of the matter is the elites in this business, as long as they're eating, they don't give a shit if anybody else has crumbs. They don't care. They want to get rid of them in a lot of ways. They do. They absolutely want to. They see them as a nuisance. They see them as a nuisance. And that's why I, I tell people, Grant's Pass is running tonight. Bet. There's not a single person on the car that grants pass, an owner, a trainer, a jockey, that's not doing this because they, they don't love the game. They're running for three right. and $4,000 purses. Right. Bet them. Right. Put your money there. Yeah, right. I, I, I actually won there last I night. <laughs> I actually I actually cashed a ticket there, and actually I'm showing a profit for grants pass, which which is you know probably pure buying luck. But still, it, it's just everybody talks about, oh, we talk, we talk. We, all we do is talk. And, and I, like I said, on Twitter there was a couple of guys saying, you know, they should, the other owners and, and, and trainers in the Preakness should, you know, not run. And I'm like, why should it be up to those people? Why should they sacrifice a once in a lifetime chance to, to be in the Preakness? And I get like, you know, <laughs> some of the trainers are, are in there every year, but still, like, what's it going to change? Yeah, You're still going to run the race. You're still going to get I, two I, or three other guys exactly. to run. Yeah, if it becomes a Baffert walkover. <laughs> that's what i mean like how, how does that really help do you really got you know you know like do you think everyone's gonna say oh well geez yeah it's, uh, look uh it's not gonna happen how many things have to happen in this business before things really change i i the, the i i don't know we we're, we're just we're still collecting information on that <laughs> but it, it, it's apparently a very large number you know you know barry and i were talking a, a couple months ago about you know the diversity and barry of course is, is an african-american is is very passionate about it because he lives it and that's sure. something that you and i can't do we can't live it we have no ability to to see things from from his eyes and view and 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 i and, and you know we've we kind of joke about it but it's, and it's sad in a way in that this business is so is so stuck in its ways that it can't even um make inclusion uh, a reality um, in that, like Churchill Downs just got around to hiring uh, a lady to be their, you know, chief exclusion inclusion officer, or whatever, you know, and and hopefully she can get things done. Um, but this is what I'm talking about. It, the, the, that whole you know big thing with the blow up of Van Meter and all. What was it, a year ago? Um, yeah, yeah. Like this isn't that difficult, but it's difficult. And and it's like from my standpoint, if I'm an executive at a track, I'm like. Hey, listen, especially like down here in South Florida, they do a lot of promotions 
geared towards the Hispanic community because you know for in a lot of areas in in, in South Florida the uh, the Spanish speaking people outnumber the the English speaking people so it mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense fine you know from a business standpoint to to kind of um you know focus and and, and say hey that's the thing i, I was tell i've told this story a couple times the caribbean classic when they first got at a gulfstream park and they said they were going to run on a saturday during the championship meet i was like man these guys are nuts <laughs> you know like nobody knows any of these horses they're all coming from you know tracks that nobody you know knows they don't know the trainers right. and there's, they, they don't even barely have have you know like normal past performances on them and it's going to be a disaster I, I, I just thought it would be a disaster I, I just thought that people wouldn't want to bet a lot of money on on horses that they didn't know and and they got a lot of the hispanic riders to ride the, the card you know the familiar um you know riders from this country the ortiz brothers and and caviar castellano and 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 those guys that they are familiar with and they wound up handling a lot of money on the race and in the day like when when i got to the track it was like florida derby day there was so many people there was no parking there was a million people there and and Mm -hmm. it was like a great day i mean there was people having fun they were playing music um and it was all people uh mostly you know spanish people the latin people and I'm thinking to myself, there's a huge, huge, huge uh, business opportunity here. Why aren't they promoting? Why aren't they having one of these days once a month? Yeah. You know, why isn't every other Sunday or every you know one Sunday a month? I mean, this is part of of seeing the world from um, a vision outside of your own. And honestly, like I said, I, I was very skeptical that it would work at all. And it, it turned out to be one of their biggest days. And it just shows because I don't live in that, that world. And I think as a trainer, that that's kind of the same way that a lot of the, the regulators and the jockey club people and uh, the, the top level executives look, look at us and that they don't see what we're talking about. They don't understand when we say this is a bad this is a bad deal you shouldn't do it like this or you know just making things uh stricter doesn't really help the situation and i mean this is a perfect example this positive test and that i'm not a chemist as we've already found out but <laughs> i i i have a hard time believing that 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 ointment would made that horse run any faster um so yeah, although I mean, a, a fair question here is uh, whether the ointment is the culprit. And I talked to a vet this afternoon who uh, said that they didn't believe that that's what it was. Oh. That that wouldn't have popped you uh, that test. It, now, I don't know if that's accurate or not, and, and obviously we don't know. Um, we've, we've had somewhat shifting stories from the Baffert camp, so... Uh, we don't necessarily know where all this ends up, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, if the horse is getting, if that's the the, the cause and culprit and, and and truth that the horse is getting a topical antifungal, it's pretty hard to think that that that's what won him the Kentucky Derby. You know, and the funny thing about this is, Frank, it, it has nothing to do with it. In the end, like when you have a hearing, they go into the hearing, and the finding is only that this horse tested positive and then the retest, if it's positive, is positive. And uh, they're able to offer mitigating circumstances in an effort to try to reduce the penalty 
towards the trainer, but the horse is still going to be disqualified. It doesn't matter how it got in the horse. Yeah, no, I, I the horse is still right. going to get disqualified. It doesn't, you know, the, the, that's not part of the, the mitigating circumstances is strictly uh, part of the the metting out of penalty to the trainer. Um, if you can find some some like Graham Motion's case against Kentucky um, Racing Commission over his positive that uh, wound up actually doing some good in that they found that um, two of the medications or drugs that he had given the horse uh, that had been withdrawn quite a quite a ways out. They have an interaction that causes one of the drugs to be uh, to leave the system slower, which makes the day that they're telling you uh, the, the cutoff date is is really not um, effective anymore because of the interaction with you know the, the I think it was Butte and Robaxin, and these are commonly given. I mean, Butte is an anti-inflammatory, and Robaxin is uh, is a muscle relaxant. So I mean, these aren't. Um, you know, sinister or, you know, th- these are relatively commonly used. Um, I wish I had Robaxin right now because my back is killing me. But um, it just showed that there was a a flaw and it was only found when when um, Graham and company fought. They fought the, the, the test. And in the end, they wound up having to take the days. I mean, they want, I, I believe that that's how it wound up being and that they yeah, want, I think you know, he lost the case yeah, in the end. And yeah. He lost the case in the end, but at, at the very least he did some good in, in showing the interaction between these two commonly used drugs, you know, can lead to a positive, even if you're following the rules. And that was been, I, I've been on Steve Bick's show, not lately, but, but years ago, like at the top of my lungs, it's unfair to set up rules where we follow them and we still get in trouble. I said, I just don't. I, that, that, I said, that's about as un-American as, as, as you could be. If the, the speed limit is 65 and I'm going 60, I should not be able to get a ticket. And yep. unfortunately, no, no. that's that's still how it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think uh, I, I would think if you set out to design a bad system, you probably would end up with something that looks a lot like racing drug regime. Where, and I, you know, years ago, as an owner, I had a horse that win a race and get DQ'd, and I talked to the state vet, and I, I can't even remember what the medication was, but it was a commonly used, it was an overage of a commonly used therapeutic, and the state vet said, "Yeah, you know, it probably what happened is your horse, I don't know, you know, he, he swallowed it with a bunch of hay, and it didn't digest quite right, and so there's a little bit in there." I'm like. But, you know, I got dinged however many thousands of dollars for, you know, because he was DQ'd. And, and, I mean, I think w- what we have managed to do is simultaneously convince the public that um, every overage of a therapeutic medication is equivalent to um, Cobra Venom, you know, really dope in the horse. And at the same time, managed to let the guys who actually are cheats, who need to go, Somehow we let them stick around, and it's uh, it's a, it's an incomprehensible outcome. You know that, that just it's exactly the opposite of what you'd want to do if you started from scratch. Frank, I, I've been saying this for years. Again, years. The war against Lasix, this this un 
uh, the, the, just this baffling war against LASIK is going to create a situation where regular useful medications are, are, are looked at as sinister because they essentially came out and said that Lasix was a performance enhancer and it did this and it did that and anybody used it, the, the, the results shouldn't, you know, were, were uh, you know, affected by that. And, and that you, when you pound the public's head <laughs> time and time again, you, you pound the same, it's the same message. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And horses are getting every day, all the horses. Well, how do you say, well, this is okay and this is not okay? Because you've taken a basic medication that all the horses are getting, that everyone knows about, and you've turned that into a bad thing. You've turned that you, because of, of your political reasons. And, and that's what it was. It was a political argument. The, the way they fought that was, was uh, how politicians fight things. They, they, they created a, a, an enemy. They created a bad, a bad guy. Lasix is the bad guy. And anyone that uses it or, or anyone that, that um, um, backs it is, is a bad guy. It made a, a, a moral issue, which, which is ludicrous, which is insane. But when you well, make it a moral even issue. More than that, I would argue that you know, when you do that and when you tell the public over and over that everybody who's using this, which is everybody, is a drug cheat. You can't walk that back at the end. You know, it's not like the public's going to go, oh, yeah, you got a uh, Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Act, so now everything's on the up and up. You've just spent five years telling them everybody involved in the game is a drug cheat. That's the message they're going to take away. Exactly. 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 And, and that's the thing is you can't put the genie back in the bottle. If people right. think something's not on the up and up, you're not. The, if they don't think the rules are being followed now, they're not going to think your rules are going to be followed. Oh, they weren't following the rules, but they'll follow them now. Right. Oh, the, all the jockey club said it, so it's okay. Right. Yeah, no, no, exactly. That's not how that's going to work at just, all. Everybody it, is still going to think that they're drug cheats, and and because you told them that they are. You know, no. look at look how the NFL and listen. I'm not saying the NFL is the the the, the world's the most uh, you know, ethical or you know wonderful business, but look at how they've handled some of the situations involving them, and look where it is now. You know what they did? They got past it. You know why? Because they never talked bad about themselves. They always right portrayed themselves as striving for greater integrity within a system that had basic integrity, right, as exactly. opposed to and, saying we're trying to erase a system that's utterly corrupt, which was essentially a jockey club's approach here. Exactly, and this is this is a a this is why we have what we have. Part of the reason, not not all of the reason. Um, I, we, listen, I, I started training in, in nineteen ninety nine. I was doing really well for a couple of years, and I said to a friend of mine, he was a veterinarian, I said, you know, I've, I've like plateaued. And, and listen, I, I'm not complaining. I, I had about 60 horses and and was doing fine. I said, you know, it's like I can't, I, I've, I seem like I've plateaued, like I can't, you know, uh, and I never wanted 150 horses or anything like that, but I, I seem to be like, even if I w- when I was doing well, I wasn't getting that many more new horses, new people. You know what the guy told me? Mm-hmm. The God's honest truth. He said, you got no positive tests. I said, what does that mean? He goes, some owners won't give you horses because they think you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> and the fact of the matter was, this wasn't like a joke. I mean, he, he was 100% serious. 
And I'm like, you're kidding, right? He goes, no, Chuck. They they think they, they got to think you're quote unquote pushing, you know, pushing the envelope and and, yeah, and, and, and get, getting closer to the edge and and that's the mentality that we were dealing with. And I don't know that that mentality is not still around. It just is people aren't quite as open about it. <laughs> so, um, and, and it just seems like it's a it's, it's been the wrong approach. And now, you know, it's all coming to a head. And yet, there's still people out there saying, "Oh, see this situation. This is why we need a, a federal, you know, authority." And I'm thinking to myself, "What would be different?" What would be different if the Fed the feds were in charge of of this instead of the Kentucky Racing Commission and he tested positive? He's still going to go out on the the the, the Bob Baffert uh, you know media tour, right? I mean, the feds aren't going to keep him from doing that. He's still going to question the whole system. He's still going to try to defend himself, right? So wh- why why is it different? I, I, that's what I don't know because it seems like based upon some of the industry names on the list that it's like they want to just create take what we have and kind of, you know, kick it up a notch to the federal side but uh, I, I just I just don't know why people are so blindly um uh, optimistic about this. I'm I'm I want it to work. Trust me. I would love for it to be I was in Hong Kong and I'm telling you nothing goes on wrong there. And if there is something that goes on wrong there, it gets dealt with fast. That's the one place I've been where there was security, real security, where there was cameras, there was real cameras. Like, you know, you did not do anything wrong. And when you got there, they made it abundantly clear that if you even consider doing something, breaking a rule of some sort, that you will be going to jail. And, of course, this is China, and they have different laws, and people don't quite have the rights that you do in this country. But... Uh, and I know we can't achieve that. We can never achieve what they have there. But what well, we what try you know, harder. What, right? Like, what are we really doing? Like, what are the tracks doing uh, surveillance wise? Mm, pretty much nothing. I remember uh, I was working for Tommy Skiffington. This has got to be nineteen ninety two or three, like a long time ago. Hi, Leah, and. I was in the paddock and I was paddock schooling a horse in between races. Um, and there was about maybe 10 or 12 people. Um, and they were all kind of, it, it was kind of a, uh, you know how they, they do these focus groups and they, they want to take a, a person of different demographics of different ages of different, you know, um, uh-huh. see how like oh, one, 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 it was like this group of people and there seemed to be no two people like alike. And I was thinking to myself, you know, like, I wonder what's going on. And I walked over there and I kind of eavesdropped and it was the TRPB was, was training people Hmm. to be, you know, undercover people at the racetrack. And I was like, wow. (laughs) You know, like, like (laughs) these people like, and and the funny thing, none of them look like people that that would work at a racetrack for the most part, you know, but, um, (laughs) like that doesn't exist anymore. No, no. Security consists of, of guys that make $10 an hour roaming around on golf carts. There's no security. When they put a guy at a, you know, quote unquote, they put surveillance at a guy's barn. It's, it's it's usually he, he parks himself outside the office. It's a waste of time. Yeah. 
No, it's, it's I, I mean, clearly not serious. Hey, Chuck, I hate to do this, but I'm going to have to jump. No, no problem, um, Frank. I appreciate you joining us. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you, and I, I think clearly we see a lot of a lot of things in similar ways. You know, uh, I, I really like to get you back on the show within you know a couple weeks, so we can talk about the situation in Maryland. Uh, you know, the the issue that you're having at uh, Laurel and horses moving yep. over Timonium and. Yep. <sighs> Hope, I, I'm hopefully, happy to uh, do yeah. it. I'm going to actually work on a. Uh, Pretty big story about it as soon as the Preakness is done, and I'd be happy to happy to talk with you about it. All right, sounds good, Frank. I appreciate your time, and uh, you know, try to enjoy the weekend, uh, even if it's going to be a little chaotic. <laughs> I appreciate it very much. You too. I hope uh, hope you have some good betting luck. <laughs> Grants Pass, everybody. I'm going to Grants Pass. <laughs> All right, thanks, thanks, thanks. Frank. All right, that's uh, that's Frank Vespi of the Racing Biz. Check his his website out. He does a great job covering Maryland and the uh, Mid Atlantic region. Um, they they are the uh, they're the hotbed of uh, of controversy now. It's moved from Kentucky to uh, to Baltimore, and and uh, depending on what happens, uh, and it's almost crazy, but it's like. Now you almost can't wait to see what happens in this race. And, 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 I mean, if this horse wins, like you're talking about three weeks of chaos going into the 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 Belmont, and and now then you're then you're moving the the participants to New York, where we know um, insane media coverage uh, is not greater there anywhere else but there. So. So, uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I want to thank everybody for listening. And, uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are tired of talking about this, namely me. Um, I am going to be on, uh, with Barry and I are going to be on tomorrow with Jason Beam, uh, on his podcast. I think that will be put out on Thursday. We're going to tape that tomorrow, um, tomorrow night. Um, so, um, let's just see what happens and, you know, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but, uh, thanks you for, uh, for listening and thanks to Frank again. And, um, thanks to Casey as always. And, uh, we will, uh, we'll be back next week and hopefully, uh, hopefully some, something Something will have happened to uh, have have cleared the air somewhat, and and, uh, we'll see what the hell is going to happen. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. There's a great story to tell. Why in the past decade has BRL Equine become the premier equine supplement company in the industry? Because we spend millions in research and development before we ever put out a product. Because we use only FDA-supervised facilities to manufacture for us. Because what we say is in them is in them. Because they work. Because if you're not happy, I'll give you your money back. And because top trainers and veterinarians in thoroughbred racing, standard bread racing, three-day eventing, and barrel racing all trust in BRL Equine. Shouldn't you? To find out more how Flexify HA, Unlock, Bleeder Shield, and EPO Equine can help you, contact me, Joseph Volante, 215-501-6880. This is the Going in Circles podcast, hosted by Horseman. 
Chuck Simon. To become a sponsor, to suggest topics, or for questions, email goingincirclespodcast at gmail.com. And log on to our Facebook page, Going In Circles Podcast. 